I am Mike Dudas of Six Man Ventures. I am panicked about my JPEG portfolio. Jensen. What up, man? What up? I would tell you what day it is, but I would wreck everything. And so it's just a day. Yeah. Today is today. Today is the day. And you know what day it is? I do. We have a, a really good guy, really good friend, really nut job of a guy mm-hmm. uh, on the podcast today. He's supposed to be here with one of his partners, but uh, as, as generally happens, you know, podcasting is a very high tech nobody seems to be able to figure out it's why zoom is so successful and by the way you love this riverside product right one of our companies was just acquired by spotify uh, pod sites and and what's amazing is it took forever for podcasting to be a thing and now there's a billion podcasts and and even though no one listens to any of them we love doing them really a fascinating industry much like blogging it's finally hit and I still think it's too hard to do, but we're finally getting some products out there, right, Canoe? Yeah. That make it easier. Yeah. This this is a great product right here. Oh, which one? This one, Riverside. Oh, it, so we're, we're using Riverside. Yeah, I think I could have invested, but we I are passed. recording on the interviewee side. It's beautiful. Yeah. I think our, our intro is still the best. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Do we have a guest today? Have I already said who the guest is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the I, way. I think we know. <laughs> There's no doubt other than the, the, the fact that I can hear my hair growing in this studio and that uh, I enjoy manscaping more than I should. The, <laughs> the only thing that's interesting is, you know, I, the kids are out of the house. Alan and I have to. We're forced to talk to each other and spend a lot of time together. Thank God Netflix, HBO, Ooh. Amazon Prime, Hulu, Apple TV, shout out. I mean, I don't know how many marriages they're saving, but uh, I, I wouldn't say save it because I don't know this, this, but uh, helping to evolve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right, just cut this whole thing. By the way, do we have a guest today? The uh... We still do. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm trying to make it so we only have to talk to him for five minutes just to, pe- just to <laughs> fuck with him because he kept me waiting. So, anyways, so other than manscaping and podcasting and blogging and tweeting and stock twittering um the only other joy i get in my life because there's and popcorn uh is i forget what i was gonna say oh is my new apple desktop i know what a loser that's my favorite thing they're everywhere i whatever i have a room it's a little luxury that i have i have a desktop you know it used to be you could have a sonos in a room and that was expensive then it was like maybe carry your laptop around or have an ipad fuck the ipad i've got a fucking mac in every room. And, I, you know, I don't know how to save to the cloud, so every computer has different files on it. <laughs> <laughs> that is so I, There's no reason Lindsay. I should even have a computer. Because yeah, right. every file is saved not in the cloud somewhere. It's just on a desktop somewhere. And that's why I can't give away computers, because I'm so worried about all the secret stuff that's on my it desktop. It is so easy. Can I, I just please By the way, it's not easy enough, because up. I haven't figured it out. All right. Anyways, do we have a guest? <laughs> So today we have uh, a friend. There's some funny stories here because we don't know each other that well, but we do because of the internet. But we've hung out a few times. I think we were introduced uh, by Mike Katz 
possibly, but we've banged into each other on Twitter over the years. He uh, is a fireball of creativity. I would say he's uh, a large, there's people that are mini me's because they'd be small. I mean, he's a larger me. He's a larger me. Uh, not taller, just largest. And loves starting fights on the internet. Uh, <laughs> not on purpose, just because he banks into things. And so um, he's been all over the place. But currently, uh, I'm an investor in LP in his funds. Currently, with his best pounds of new people uh, from Stanford, his best pal from Stanford started Six Man Ventures. Um, before that, he started a company called The Block, which I was a small personal investor, and we'll talk about me trying to talk him out of doing that. And before that, Google Wallet and Button and uh, supposedly a Dudas, where his partner Serge, who was supposed to be here, said he got the nickname Foodus. Um, his weight bounces around like Oprah. So he's like the white Jewish Oprah. And so let's uh, bring Mike Dudas on. Mike, how'd I do? I, that's one of the most you know, humbling, gracious, <laughs> flattering. It really is. Uh, that's, it's I'm like just, I'm literally overjoyed. I mean, that's literally how my wife would introduce me. Certainly the, the weight bouncing around like Oprah. Exactly. And, and that's how, if my wife had a podcast, that shit, he would introduce me. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. It was not meant at all to be an insult because. It wasn't taken as one. Yeah. Good. Because uh, some people hang up at this point. So I want to start with, because you've been on every side of the field, up, down, around, VC, investor, founder, trader now, learning the markets, uh, crypto early, um, heavy, thin, working out, not working out, kids, worked at Google, uh, worked at Disney, which I, I've forgotten about, uh, started your own company to block, now Six Man Ventures. So I'm going to start with um, starting a company. You know, I've been bitching and moaning on the internet about valuations and about, but the world's just a different place. So when you wanted to start the block, which was very early in crypto, it was kind of like a, a, a media company slash subscription business uh, around the, at the end of, I think, of the first crypto bubble uh, about the crypto industry. You called me and I was like, man, I'm in, but like, don't do it. Do you like? Yeah. What was your thinking about then? Did I give you good advice? I mean, in the end, you made money, so it, I, I never give good advice. But like, do you, in the hindsight, was that good advice? Was I doing the right thing? Because the hardest part of my job is, first of all, saying no. The second hardest thing is saying, you can do it, but I wouldn't. And so where does that fit in? So it was good advice for me. So what I've learned in probably, what has it been, four years, I think, since you told me about that, and we'd known each other for you know, six, seven years prior to that, as you mentioned, you know, through Twitter, through Mike Katz and through other uh, means, I'm somebody who's you know, really good at coming up with ideas for things that should exist uh, and you know, recruiting people in and putting together teams and getting folks really, really excited about you know, a concept, an idea, and they're usually decent ideas. I'm not great at you know, spending 10, 12 years uh, you know, actually operationally executing and scaling those things personally to, you know, thousands of people and, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. Uh, and so, you know, with the block, it, it was definitely something that needed to exist. Crypto is extremely confusing. And I wanted to create a business that was crypto simplified, objective news, media, and research. I was the right person to start it. Uh, but probably like it should have been like something I incubated recruiting in a team 
and uh, and and walked away. Instead, it was painful. You mentioned you know, the fiery personality that I have. You know, crypto is just a cauldron of just yeah. people yelling at each other all day, <laughs> and I don't have the best temperament for being in the middle of that. No one does. Well, Al, you know, Henry Blodgett doesn't. I'd have been an investor because he just takes it all in and it doesn't even fight back. Just regurgitates it in his own. I, I can't explain the personality that it would take, but. But I didn't think you had that. I thought you were. And you the, said you had almost the fiery ex- part. Yeah, you you basically said that. You, I think you told me you're like, dude, you're gonna you're gonna burn out. <laughs> you are gonna, yeah, you're 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 just gonna melt. Um, and and yeah, you you were right. Now, what's incredible is the thing actually oh, succeeded. And uh, I, you know, as so as so often happens in in startups. Uh, lucked into you know the person who's now the CEO of that business, a guy named Mike McCaffrey, uh, you know, many years younger than me, you know, different generation, you know, poker player approach, like cool, calm temperament. Um, behind the scenes, you know, kind of operates, um, you know, out out of the limelight and, and just gets stuff done. Um, GSD, you know, the, just a really great operator. And it was it was wild. Yeah, so it really worked out. It's so I, I learned a lot about you know, the right people and the right roles, um, and so you know, actually, and so for me, the, the the right role was getting to work with tons of companies. You know, as an investor, it's it's been really really good for me, uh, given you know my attention span and and just the incredible amount of opportunities in crypto right now. Yeah, what a great ending because everybody made some money. Uh, well, I think everybody. Uh, and are you involved yeah, the at VCs all? VCs made some money. You know, it wasn't as much as many would have hoped. But what was really cool about considering the block is what the, I thought you were getting into, it's a win for me. Yeah, it was a win for you know everybody got more money than they put in mm-hmm. uh, in under two years or a little over two years for some, and then the employees own the company. Yeah, it's a, it's it's actually a really cool thing, an independently owned business that you know is growing really fast in a really big space. So I'm excited for them. Yeah, I like being in business and friends with win-win people, meaning so many things can go wrong, period. In a, in a land-based world, 90% of business fails. In a cloud-based world, you got to fuck it up and then intentionally screw things up, and people do that. Uh, it's very hard to kill things because you can just get it down to one person and thank you, AWS or Azure or whatever. So, you know, I like happy endings um, but now you're on the other side of the table and there's so many things we well, can talk about. Well, I'm both again. And, and, you know, we could talk about LinkStyle yeah. at some point. Oh, right, know, right, right, right. LinkStyle. I just met the team. I just met, you know, I'm friends with Bess Sivnik and I, yeah, I'm in his, uh, exactly. I think I'm like two capital calls behind Casey's listening. <laughs> <laughs> so the big learning there, and just to quickly segue into that. So, yeah. you know, LinkStyle, we're trying to build. This is a, the best. This is the best. I love it. It's so, and, and I immediately realized Hey, I'm not the guy who's going to be running this business, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I am somebody who can come up with great ideas, but like Mike Dudas is not going to be the CEO. So I was immediately able to find from, you know, day 1 the person who could operate that and it's a guy named Jim Daly. Yeah, I just uh, met him, smart guy. Oh, yeah, so he's you know, brilliant and talented. Um has scaled, you know, a company from zero to hundreds of millions of revenue and taken it public, but I learned to do that uh, you know, basically through having that sort of call it failure of leadership, you know, or leadership crisis and sell uh, at the block. And so it's going to set us up, we think for LinkStyle really, really well to create something that's an online and an offline business, you know, a community governed and created uh, golf business that you know, we think has potential to be, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. Mm-hmm. 
you're getting ahead of what people could understand about this, but the LinksDAO, when I saw, you know, there's no, there's two bad businesses. Starting an airline, uh, well, it's good <laughs> for the founder, and and being in the golf business because I was like golf now, which everybody oh, I told just me. talked with Lazaro about this, right, right, because like, Laz was golf.com. Lazaro golf.com, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, never again. <laughs> yeah, never again. So, so people, when I it was my first angel investment was golf. Now, one of my first angels, and people said you're an idiot, but we were in the tea time business and controlled the tea sheets, so it was genius. Um, so, golf has been a, a perpetual bad investment. Rich people get in the business, they lose a lot of money, and then sell it at a loss, so on and so on to the next idiot. And so, but I am super bullish on golf. First of all, because my son's a savant, a great player. I mean, I and, love watching his videos on, on Twitter. Yeah, and just into the fashion, and then COVID hit, and then everybody's Tiger was. It was like the game's gonna die uh, because Tiger's so good. And we used to watch Tiger hit shots and go, no one could hit shots like that. Now everybody at the tour can hit shots like Tiger. It inspired a whole generation. God bless. And people from all over the world play women, men, Instagram, and YouTube help you play the game. And so I was talking to your partner running it, and, and I could not be more bullish about golf, the industry. Forgetting playing it because I suck. Oh, yeah, I'm terrible as well. The golf, the industry is the greatest thing. Pebble Beach is like a religion. Like the whole game is, has never been in better hands. You know, even Phil couldn't fuck it up, Mickelson. So, so, so who can't, you're not even a golfer. So who came, trying, you, right? who came to you with the idea? Uh, so we just had it. So basically, literally it was a moment of inspiration for me and a couple other folks. Uh, we had looked at two things. So you know, crypto enables global crowd, uh, crowdfunding from anybody in the world. Yeah. Kickstarter uh, out of any angle of attack. Exactly. And so we had seen Constitution Dow raise like what, like close to 40 million mm-hmm. to, to buy a copy of the Constitution. They didn't succeed, but it was cool to watch how much they could raise so fast from everywhere and, and rally people around it using, by the way, a lot of the social tools, Twitter, Discord, uh, Telegram, et cetera, to spread the word about the mission they had and to mm-hmm. vote on things. So uh, at the same time, we were looking at membership-based clubs. So Gary Vaynerchuk and AJ Vaynerchuk, who are friends, were basically, they'd created V Friends, which is for their conference business. And they had created the Flyfish Club, which is a membership, NFT-based membership restaurant where you have to buy an NFT to huh. get access to it, kind of like Rayo's, you know, but, but know with that. NFTs. Mm-hmm. So we combined the two things, the two concepts. Hey, Let's raise some money, you know, crypto money, and then that money is going to buy you an NFT that gives you access. So membership, the right to purchase a membership at a golf club, and the NFT gives you governance rights to actually vote what that club should look like. So that NFT you hold, you get to vote on things like club rules, uh, where the club should be located, the style of play, you know, perhaps things like the architect. Uh, and you serve as basically from day one an advisory board uh, to LinksDAO, which is basically operating and developing uh, and delivering that you know high quality golf experience. And the mission is to have a you know the initial one be one of the top 100 golf courses in the world and be amazing and be community led. To your point, golf is super popular. It hasn't been historically accessible to everybody. You know, a lot of private clubs. It's getting better, um, and we thought, what better way? To, to really experiment and perhaps lead the way on accessibility by doing something that, you know, anybody would have access to, you know, to purchase a pass uh, and and to say, hey, this is what I want it to look like. And to do it in public, to build in public has been so fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm half skeptical and I'll tell you why, uh, but half Please. Uh, super bullish. 
And I'm half skeptical because I live in a guard-gated community and we hate each other. <laughs> uh, at the same time, there's no complaints about it. everything's run perfectly, but yep. good luck at a board meeting. So when you open, when you say global governance or everybody yeah. gets to be an owner, that's where I get lost. Like, yeah, be careful what you wish for. And so, especially around golf. So and so it's me- nuanced. Yep. So effectively, you know, the way that we've had to structure, and by the way, this relates to U.S. securities laws. This relates to... Uh, you know, basically what uh, what you can sell to somebody without you know doing KYC, for example, meaning you know anybody could buy these passes. So it's mm-hmm. not like we were looking at their IDs or having them submit you know personally identifiable information. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had to create a structure where you know there's actually a corporation, Linked Out yeah. Inc., that's operating these clubs that mm-hmm. is the ultimate legal guardian. You know that sold these membership collectibles. The quote unquote DAO, uh, the members. Are, are an advisory board, not a legally you know binding voting board of collective board of directors. Okay, so you know we're moving towards this you know, perceived utopia of DAOs, which is decentralized autonomous organizations. Yeah, you know, we're not decentralized yet. We're not autonomous. You know, mm-hmm. just running on code. Uh, but you know, we're moving towards some of the things that that people look for in that, which means like community advisory, voting on real things and shaping things together. And by the way, if the corporation you know, pisses off the the members, to your point, you know, we're we're not going to win, right? We're not going to create a great experience. They're going to be unhappy. People will leave. The you know, price of the NFTs plummets. Nobody becomes a member. So we have to listen. We have to deliver a great experience. So it's going to be a challenge. I mean, it's going to to your half you know, bearish. It's going to be a really difficult. Um, but important needle to thread. Well, I'm bearish on people, <laughs> even though I love people. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's I'm bearish fair. on people too. getting together to vote. Uh, hello, try Trump Biden. Um, yep. So, but this makes perfect sense to me. And my problem, my old man problem with it is why couldn't I pay with uh, my Apple card? <laughs> so. Yeah. So there is a, there is some technology. Like I just was too lazy to move Ethereum. I was like, "Word, I, I, I'm not that guy." Like I get everything about it, except I couldn't move money without. Uh, like I said, all my files are on different desktops around the world. So uh, do you the think, odds of me? Do you think you'll ever change? I mean, you know, no. I've seen, I've God, seen, I hope no. not. No. But you, do you own the assets? You just have them sort of custodied somewhere, basically. I, if so, if like Multicon goes out of business, I haven't made a dollar <laughs> I in that's right. crypto. You own funds. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, I mean like an LP in our fund. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I pay two and twenty. This yep. is what I tell people all the time. I say, like, that's yeah, it's smart. If you want to own smart. stocks, you can buy Vanguard. Yep. If you want to own anything else, pay for expertise. Um, and when people tell me my fees are too high, I say, you know what? You're probably right. And I hang up because there's lots of fish in the sea. When when I tell other people they should pay for this, some some listen to me, some don't. I chose with crypto to not have to worry. Cash is fine with me. You know, people talk about inflation and deflation yeah. and the U.S. dollar and Russia and China. I'm like, okay, uh, I can go to the bank and see it. Um, so crypto, just I'm just too old. I'm on the other side, but my schmuck insurance is paid off. So how well, come? What got I'll you share religious with you? I mean, I paid two and twenty to some folks, including Multicoin. Right? No single person can be an expert on every element of crypto, every geography, you know, every type of innovation. So there's many different styles of funds. And so I learn a lot, by the way, by being you know, an LP and other folks' funds in addition to running my own. So what was your moment in crypto? 
Were you just new? Because you were you were bullish at, uh, through some oh, hell. Yeah, like what was the what was yeah. the so the the moment that got me into it was I think it was what twenty thirteen and I was at Braintree Venmo and Uber and Airbnb and we were we were powering their payments. Um, this is back when Braintree was bigger than Stripe still. Yeah, and uh, we were working with Coinbase and maybe doing Bitcoin payment acceptance for Uber and Airbnb. You know, good thing that didn't happen. Nobody you know nobody would be using that right. uh, nine years later. Yeah, but. Um, Around that time, I think it was, yeah, it was Chamath who wrote a schmuck insurance uh, you know, piece. He said the word schmuck insurance? Schmuck insurance. And oh, it was wow. in Bloomberg. It's, it's hard to find now. It was free for a while, and they you know, threw it behind one of their paywalls, and I, I had a hard time finding it. But I was like, you're right. You know, it's like if the world goes to hell, you know, this is insurance. You know, you're, you've got an you know, potentially an alternative financial system for folks who need it. And you're not going to need it all the time. You're not going to need it in all conditions. But, uh, you know, it, it will be important at any given time to specific people and likely for any given person, for most people, at some point in their life, they are going to want to use Bitcoin for something. And, uh, you know, it's increasingly seeming that that's the case, even if it's just to store value in a really high inflation, long-term high inflation environment. So anyway, I got into Bitcoin in 2013, was too into it, uh, meaning I was a, what you would call Bitcoin maximalist, or, or, you know, I would say the maximalists wouldn't have me. They'd probably say, hey, dude, no, you weren't like, we don't like you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I at least thought I was uh, you know, a purist and, and kind of like laughed at Ethereum for probably a year and a half too long and said, hey, these ICOs, you know, are scams. And frankly, uh, I was wrong on that until probably about 2019 started to wake up. And uh, and so anyway, but but what got me into you know, crypto full time uh, was was really starting a company that was was very successful and still is. Um, and uh, realizing, you know, it's really hard to get even as a founder liquidity in these companies. Right. So I was fascinated over the first couple of years that I jumped into crypto to see, hey, all of these tokens that you know are trading from day one, they're uh, to me more powerful than equity, right? So, like, it, you know, a token actually allows you to have you know power in a network um, or in a protocol or even in a company that sits on top of them. Where again, you can do things like voting. We were talking about earlier. Uh, it incentivizes certain activities. It helps with coordination. But most of all, it's liquid, right? So you know, that's historically over the last ten years been you know, mostly about price speculation and trading and financial markets. Mm -hmm. But it's increasingly turning into creating incentives for people to do like productive and interesting things or fun things. You know, play to earn gaming. Uh, gambling, you know, helium, which I'm sure you've talked about with Kyle yeah. and Tushar yeah. and the multi-coin team where you have like a decentralized uh, hotspot network. It's just some incredible things where token incentives can bootstrap um, decentralized networks. So I, I you know, woke up to that a little too late. It was 2019. But, you know, like they say, you know, we're all still early three years later. And so where are we today? Yeah, so... Today, uh, we're, we're in a time and a place where I like to say I love being in markets where nobody's an expert. And I'm telling you, even the smartest people in the world are not experts yet, right? Like nobody can tell you. I agree. Yeah. Like nobody can tell you that Ethereum, uh, you know, what type of roll up or, you know, layer two or sidechain solution is going to be dominant 
with certainty in five years and even whether Ethereum will be able to scale or whether Solana, which you know, some view as a competitor, I would say it has you know, very different properties um, and trade-offs, um, whether Solana will scale. You know, people have made tons of money off you know, both those you know, networks. And but ecosystem. they could be gone. But they very well could be gone in 2030 or you know, shells of their former selves. Like, right. That's a non-zero possibility. And, um, you know, so, so that's part of why it's so fun and why it is clearly so early if, you know, we don't know which networks, um, you know, meaning blockchain networks, I mean, they'll exist, but the, but the question is, you know, will they be used and will they, because will they be secure? You know, will people like be running nodes and you have staking once Ethereum moves to proof of stake and, um, and be around? I think Bitcoin, you know, is past that point, like Bitcoin's going to be around. Um, it's it's sort of ossified intentionally um, to ensure that the base layer will be here, um, but the rest of the networks aren't. And you know the challenge with Bitcoin is you know, you can't simply the the functionality application functionality isn't there to the degree that it is in other blockchain networks. Um, so you know we're so early where you know this kind of notion of Web three, but like you know the internet rebuilt on top of blockchains. It's, it's still uncertain you know, what that's going to look like and, and how that's going to work. And you know, there have been some loud critics, folks like you know, Jack Dorsey and, and Elon and others. What do they know? So, so what got me excited about what you're doing is like, I knew you'd be a good investor because you had all these arrows in your back and you the self-awareness <laughs> to know what you weren't good at. You know, and it goes back to when I started stock to it. It's like my VCs who are the best, some of the best in the world should have talked me out of it. You know, part of my job is to talk people out of it or make sure if they're going to do it, remind them who they need to be successful, right? Like until stock to it's got Rishi who's, who gets shit done as an operator, true operator. Totally. Um, well, someone should have told me that before I started on the journey, not send me off on the journey with money, which is part of my bearishness in you know the last year when I stopped writing checks for pretty much most of the year because not just because there weren't good enough people because we all can't be Zuckerberg the world needs operators but because not enough hard questions were being asked you're sending these people off on seven ten year journeys yeah uh, what well, but just because so money's all that matters so I worry about that with you I'm not worried about it because you have both sides of the table as I say so when you started your first fund I forget was it called Six Man Venture when I invested. With Tom? Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah the so, first, uh, the first fund was you know, different, you know, much different size and smaller checks, but yeah, same, same name. So you, you're living the dream. You start this fund, uh, was it 6 million? Yeah. 6.5 million or so. And you were doing it while you were working. Exactly. So we did me and Serge, who you mentioned earlier, Serge Kasargian, you know, who you've invested in his company, stay tuned, uh, which he's still running and, and growing rapidly. Uh, we've been friends since Stanford, uh, 20 something years ago. And we used to look alike, uh, before I you know, put on an extra 20 pounds, but we were both huge Stanford basketball fans. So the name of the student basketball club was six man club. So, you know, our firm name has that sort of double entendre of, Hey, we're the six man will help you as needed. But, you know, also it had a nice little personal strength for us. We were, we were very passionate and, so we share a lot of interests. What you learn, and you know this um, as a really successful VC with, with a long-term partnership, uh, it's so critical to have trust. You don't only have to be like good at identifying companies and getting access to them, but you have to trust your partners and your partner's judgment 
was actually hanging out with Vic last night from ENIAC Ventures, another you know, very long-term partnership of friends, just wonderful humans. Um, anyway, so so I feel really fortunate you know, that I started it with Surge. We started as an operator fund, which meant, uh, I mean, everybody has one of these these days. I'm sure, I, I think I've seen you joke about it. I mean, I saw another- Yeah, yeah, I started another today. one during this podcast, Canute House I, Exactly. I mean, why don't we start one together, right? I yeah, mean, you're, so, you're capital calls late. <laughs> sorry, buddy. Yours Canute, too, you're in business. Right? That was fast. Just, yeah, Canute, st- slow down. You've written three checks during this podcast. I think they just net out. So bottom line is um, we, you know, said I was at Paxos at this point. I had sold the block running uh, Paxos' stablecoin business development, one of the largest stablecoin issuers in the world, and, and sort of, you know, really enjoying it intellectually. Um, but restless. So, you know, started this operator fund like everybody else. And me and Serge found we got access to so many deals. We did something like 60 deals in you know, 10 months. I mean, it was, it was, it's wild. It's been a wild market. Um, and because we were writing very small checks, you know, around hundred K average, we were able to get into, and you know, with no follow on or anything like that, able to get into a ton of deals. Um, so we loved it. I decided, Hey, I want to do this full time. I feel like I'm good at it. I enjoy it. I get to meet amazing people. I get to connect them, help, uh, and so, yeah, we raised another fund that we were in the process of closing, you know, $125 million, uh, And it's been really good. I mean, we've already done 10 investments out of that fund, you know, right according to plan. And expanded our team to four people, and we're having a blast. So now you have kids. How many kids in the background uh, trying to distract you? Oh, like uh, my uh, my daughter's friend has tried to FaceTime her you know, like five times. I don't know if you guys could hear that, but like my 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 headphones keep like ringing with FaceTime because we have all of our devices linked. I got to figure out how to stop that. And then yeah, my son's bouncing a ball against the door. So and yeah, we live in a we live in Manhattan. Like we came back this. We went to my parents at the beginning of pandemic in Connecticut for four months. Then we came back here. Um, got a place in Tribeca and said, Hey, we're gonna live there. You know, three bedroom, not too huge for, for you know, a year and then we'll upgrade. And, and then COVID just never ended. Right. <laughs> so we're all like stuck here. I'm like working in the bedroom and your know, wife's you know, doing school in the next room and it's chaos. So I, I need to get the good life like you at some point, Howard. What is New York? I, my daughter's there and she, I was talking to her today. It says it's back. What's it feel like in New York? Yeah. I mean, so I had COVID like, you know, five, six weeks ago now. Um, so yeah, I'm living the dream here, right? Like I, well, I was down in Miami with my wife and you got to enjoy some really good weather and you know, meet a bunch of crypto people. Cause like half the crypto world's moved there in the last year. But, um, now that I'm back, people are out. Um, like, like I said, because everybody already had, you know, Omicron, um, you know, a lot of dinners and events and like, I'm having to skip them. It, it's, it's a, like working in crypto in New York Last year, it was just wild. It was so fun, so much going on, you know, people to see. I've never, I've never worked in a time and place, and I'm, you know, 42. Like, I'm not a spring chicken here, uh, and I'm having so much fun, you know, meeting people, the energy, and uh, so, so it's alive for me. I, I, you know, I at the same time, you know, I have an online friend on Twitter who constantly sends me and, and Frank Shaparo from uh, the block. <laughs> these tweets, you know, New York is back, baby. And it's like every day there's a New York Post headline of like some awful thing happening, right? So like, to be honest, it's, you know, there, it, it, it is in, in some respects a troubling time in that you have, you know, a city that it's not as bad as San Francisco, but it's definitely, you know, challenging, right? The city to, to make you know, everything work, schooling, transportation, you know, the offices are still not, you know, yep. open and barren. But 
I, you know, I've, I've been fortunate, you know, those of us who work in these online businesses uh, that you know, don't require, you know, opening and running like a physical establishment, like a restaurant or something, you know, we've been fortunate that our businesses haven't been disrupted like that. But yeah, so, so it's been good for, for me and many others. It's, but, but there's no question uh, that the city is extremely different than it was two and a half years ago. What creates a Mike Dudas? Because it's kind of like chaotic. Like, I mean, what creates a Mike Dudas? What, are your parents still alive? Yeah. So what's wild is like, and, and my brothers have one sibling, uh-huh. um, and he's you know much lower blood pressure than me. You know, rest, or I should say, resting heart rate than me. Um, really content and a you know, fantastic uh, job and, and career, and has a lovely wife and a child. And he's you know he's chill. And he's, yeah, I'm out here just restless and can't stop. I've always been like a little bit, uh, growing up actually, I, I don't know that I maybe was, but you know, got to college and I've just, uh, I've always been a little, you know, a little different, right? Like a little bit out there and silly and restless. And, um, so, you know, and all in every facet of life, like, you know, you jo- like Serge joked about the foodist, you know, that was a <laughs> nickname and rudest would be another. And so, yeah, I, I run hot and everything. And by doing that, you, know, you make a lot of friends because people love passionate people with energy. Um, and I'm doing a lot of different things. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you rub people the wrong way, but, but you learn a tremendous amount through kind of like pushing those limits. Right. And I think you're the same, not the same as me exactly, but, but you push the limits in a lot of ways. I don't really like cool food. Brush. I'm thin. I'm, per- I'm perfectly behaved. I'm well medicated and, and, and well groomed. I mean, you listen, but you have, f- I have 14 years on you to learn all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my, my hope is that exactly by 56 or whatever, I figured it out. Today, at the ultimate column, like you said I was complimenting you, like Josh Brown said that I'm like Benjamin Button. I'm living my best life as I get older. And, you I know, think that I look at I looked at old pictures of you of like 10 years ago. Physically, was a mess. you definitely are. Yeah, you're doing great. You're, like you're, mess. you're somebody I literally hold up as I think, hey, you know, I hope I hope I can age like Howard. Yeah, but you haven't looked close up. Like if they ever did a time picture, I was watching the Carl Icahn special. I'm like, you know what? No close ups. The guy's a fucking giant age spot. Yeah. The uh, it's just not fucking pleasant. Just when you think you got it, your balls yep. go up into your chest. Your back okay. hair grows. All right. uh, Nobody my, has told me that, so I'll have to watch out. <laughs> my for toenails that. are green. I'm a, I'm a complete okay. disgust. If someone saw me unclothed, it would be horrific. So enjoy your forties. The okay. uh, so how do you end up a there's no way that you could be a disney or were you in the finance oh the first uh yeah no no i was in the yeah i was in the i was i was not mickey which you know i get that question a lot you know Uh you at disney world dressed up as a character i look it's one of those things like you said like i I slipped through the cracks somehow you know they recruited one or two you know kids from top schools every year and they're like four people per year in this group you know, the alumni group, you know, one of them's like CFO at Square now. One's the president at uh, Epic Games. One's the COO of Nike. I mean, and it goes on and on. I mean, it's just tons of people like that. It was hilarious. I mean, I, like they would all laugh at me because I'd be like, I was not like the right guy for the job. I'm not a spreadsheet jockey. But um, but I think, you know, look, I'm, I'm not like a dummy. Like they, they enjoyed, you know, my spirit. Um, but, you know, when I was running my Excel models, I might have an extra, you know, 20% more errors than, than the person who was willing to work until 2 a.m., you know, staring at a spreadsheet. And, um, yeah, but I met great people, had a wonderful time, went to the ESPY Awards, 
Um, and actually, you know, this is this is a classic, uh, you know, young story. In my twenties, I was twenty four. Actually, <laughs> I actually got arrested at the after party for the SB Awards um, in two thousand. I think two thousand and four, uh, when LeBron appeared. Um, while I was a Disney employee and, uh, I, I looked at the bouncer at the after party and I was employee, so I was invited and he could tell I'd had a few too many cocktails and, and he looked at me and he looked about you know my height to me. Um, and so he kind of tried to help, hold me back and say, Hey, it's time for you to go home. And, you know, I said, no, and I you know, might've given him a really strong push. He might push you back. And then, Hey, next thing you know, uh, yeah, I was in the tank. This was at the Kodak Theater. <laughs> Disney <laughs> loves that in their people. Oh, yeah. So, you know, then they wouldn't let me up because so then, yeah, they brought me over to West Hollywood uh, for the night. And they basically said, hey, you know, uh, you're going to spend the night here because I wouldn't shut up. I was like, I'm falsely accused. All right. Um, and <laughs> this whole so court's they, out of order. So somebody, they, they called my roommate. They ended up calling my parents who panicked. I was like, don't worry, I'll be home, you know, the next morning. Um, but I got one phone call and I had to call my assistant at Disney until I wasn't going to be at work for the next couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> so it got around, it got around the team and it's, it's a story. You know, these are some of the most powerful you know, people in industry and, 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 and it's a ongoing fun joke 20 years later. Well, it's, it's nice to know that you haven't changed. No, <laughs> exactly. No, no, no rest sense. It's 2022. You've been on all sides of this. You know, I've got a, a new fund that you're investing out of. What's the most exciting thing that you've looked at recently that should be a thing? Besides LinkStack, because I think that's a thing. But what's the most exciting thing that you see? So all of our investments are equally exciting. And one no, 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 no. You know, I love my investments, but I loved Robinhood. Yeah, so, so we invest in a project called Vibe Bio, mm -hmm. and it's a wonderful, you know, two founders who really experienced entrepreneurs, but also um, have, one's a doctor and one has uh, a PhD in, in a specific field of medicine that is very relevant to, uh, so, so effectively, you know, they, they've used it for business, like a lot of like doctors have historically. You know how like if somebody gets sick or like you, know, you have a relative pass away and you say, hey, donate to this um, specific, maybe not well-known disease, right? So you have like all these patient communities and family communities for you know, rare or not the most popular drugs. Yeah. Um, and those drugs often, you know, very often don't get the financial support and you don't have the expertise put behind them to get through, you know, to get, to get drug discovery, get through clinical trials and then get into development and ultimately, you know, be made into commercially available and viable treatments. So Vibio has created a DAO model where they're going to partner with these patient communities who have engaged, interested people. They're going to help by creating DAOs that will bring both expertise, so some of the best experts in the world, plus you know people who will sort of speculate and provide capital um, for fundraising alongside these patient communities who are really passionate advocates and contributors themselves uh, to the cause and create a treasury and then go out and push forward um, research and development of drugs that are sort of outside the strike zone of traditional drug companies and haven't been a focus. So it's bringing a novel you know, fundraising and expertise and governance model to um, drug development that hopefully will lead to a broader array of diseases uh, and, and you know, being 
sort of attacked and therapies uh, being created. So I'm excited about that. You know, it's the first healthcare investment I've ever done in my life. Um, and yeah, they reached out to us inbound because of LinksDAO, the DAO model, our understanding of you know, how we can sort of work on token economics and the model there. So I'm really excited to see DAOs and you know, crypto primitives and incentives applied in the community things, applied to really important things in addition to the fun things. Well, this is great. It's at M dude, like you so saw on Twitter at M D U D A S, right? Correct. In six it. man venture, what's the website? Yes, six T H sixth man dot ventures. All right, this is and, awesome for people. Hey, we that, need a designer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's that? We need a designer for that <laughs> website. For my listener, the uh, we could talk forever. We'll have you back. I got to have Sir John, but I love that idea. You know, if we are in a bubble, the things that come out of the bubble are things like this. You've pushed that that one company pushes things forward. Kickstarter meets drug discovery meets community meets maybe potentially magic. Then it was all worth it. Um, you know, the it's first- a dream. It's it's truly the dream, and I can't you know name who the lead is in the round, but mm-hmm. it's one of the best you know, VCs on earth, and they believe as well. So to your point, no, we didn't write that check. I don't think we did that check. <laughs> no, no, you missed that one. <laughs> well, you said best. Well, anyways, keep it up. I'm rooting from uh, well, not the sidelines because I bug you, but I'm rooting as an LP, and uh, I'm excited to see you in New York next time I'm through. And how many people at Six Men now? Yeah, so we are at four folks at Six Man, and we're going to be hiring uh, two more folks, uh, one on the research side and one on the investment side. So really exciting. You know, we're, we're growing, and uh, it allows us to you know, be exceptional. You know, the really important thing is you know, we're great at discovering and companies and finding them and investing, and, and this will give us the, the freedom now, the ability and the time and the space to support them you know, really significantly post-investment. All right, buddy. Have a great uh, rest of the month, and I will see you in New York soon, and I hope everything is great. Likewise. Be well. Thanks, Mike. K-Nut. I need need a better nickname for you than Howie. H was my nickname as a kid. Asshole. Asshole. Yeah, because there's there's an H in asshole. That's what my friends used to say. (laughs) Well, maybe not my friends, but people said All right. The, uh, another smart uh, person. Oh, yeah. There's a few out there. <laughs> there's a lot of His people. His partner. They're the opposite. Serge, this show, Serge there's is a lot so likable. Not that Mike isn't likable. Serge is unbelievably likable. And Mike is like me. Uh, it's 50-50. But if you like him, it's fun. The uh, What a brain. But uh, Disney, Google, Paxos, starts his own company now. Six months. You know why. Now you know why I had to invest. Right. Yeah. So those are the people we're looking for. Uh, there's... It's just fun to be involved with people like this, banging into things and making shit happen. Uh, you are listening to Panic with Friends. Knut and I sit down with uh, venture capitalists, founders, traders, entrepreneurs, uh, people with wisdom. And we try and just stay a couple steps ahead of the curve, not years. And uh, You can go to Google, Spotify, uh, the internet, uh, Apple Podcast, search my name. Uh, don't search asshole. You'll get a lot of uh, stuff coming at you, not my name. Well, way down, page 14. The uh, search my name, Howard Lindzen, and uh, you can subscribe and get one of these a week. Bing, bang, boom. Tell your friends. Uh, thanks, Knut. Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage 
All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of social leverage or stock twits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.